Next time you stop at that glory hole, just slide a little note right in between it that says hello at psapodcast.com. Love that. Dot com, dot com, dot com. It's Western and Bitsy. Oh my God, you are so annoying. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Petty Single and Always Late. We are your co-hosts, Bitsy and... Weston. And Oscar. And if you were wondering, oh my goodness, the episodes, where have they been? What happened to the petties? Did quarantine get the best of them? The truth is, yes, it has. Our mental state is flimsier than a toothpick. However, we're doing okay. Yeah, we're back. Now we're back. I mean, Weston has purple hair now. Yeah, that actually is what brought my mental state back to normal. Dyed my hair purple. My friend did it. He did an amazing job. And now I'm okay and I'm better. It does look really good. Like, I know what you guys are thinking. Like, Weston with purple hair. Hmm. Like, is it going to wash out his pasty white complexion? You know? <laughs> is it just going to blend in like his skin never ends? And the answer is no. It actually looks good. Yes. He put... It's, it's really like a lavender with yes. an undertone of slate. So we actually got a great picture of Bitsy and I this weekend. It's super flattering. We'll be sure to post it tomorrow. Um... We, What's in our hand, you ask? The cigarette holders that we ordered at the beginning of quarantine. So yeah, you'll go. You everyone will get to see that. We decided we were going to take up smoking, and to be honest, we've only smoked once a cigarette once, and I could only take two puffs, and then like my everything hurt, and I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like you know, if I'm not blacked out, I can't do it. Yeah, we were still pretty sober when we started that. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. By 3 a.m. was I at a mansion on Ward Parkway smoking out of the cigarette holder and pretending that I was like, I don't know, Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Not that she does that, but it just felt like I felt like a housewife is what I want to say. So fun. Love that for you. Yeah. So I feel like I just have like a lot to say since we last spoke with you guys because the episode, you know, wasn't so much about us since we had Kristen as a guest and we were talking about toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And so now I just want to start this episode off the right way by talking about me number one <laughs> me my 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 oh my um i was trying to sing that toby keith song but like i can't even remember the lyrics anymore that is your go-to karaoke song that i want to talk about me want to talk about i want to talk about number one oh my yeah i just love that song um so some big updates for me one um I made it out of the quarantine. Well, we're not done, but you know, mm-hmm. working out. I had worked out the entire time. I'm really proud of myself for that. And now gyms are slowly starting to open back up with limiting class mem- classes and uh, amount of people in. Mm-hmm. And I am back, baby. I am back like a heart attack. I might have one. I don't know. Another update. Um, I got LASIK. I got LASIK. So a lot of people have been asking me about my LASIK and what happened and how it was. Well, guys, I'm seeing better than ever. I have 2015 vision now. I mean, I see crystal clear. It's amazing. And what's crazy is like now with all the guys that you've dated, you can also see through their bullshit better because you've had LASIK. Exactly. And so a lot of people have been asking like, how, what, how was it and all that stuff. The procedure literally lasts eight minutes. People have been asking me how much it is. Yes, it's expensive. No, your insurance won't cover it. I'm sorry. You have to pay out of pocket. Mine was 4,400 and that was on a discount because of Corona. So be prepared to drop some dough, but they will let you finance and have a two year payment plan. Also, um, yes, of course, it's scary. No, you don't feel anything. Does it hurt after? Yes, your eyes burn after like you got shampoo in your eyes and it feels like you have a hair or an eyelash stuck in your eye for the rest of the day. But once you get through that, it is just 
chef's kiss. And that was our episode on Lay Sick. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Yes. Um, <laughs> you gave so much information, but it's all good information. It's all good information. People are asking. And now instead of me DMing everyone individually and mm-hmm. telling them what it was like, I will tell them that here. And yeah, so go get your Lay Sick if you need it. My eyes were negative seven. So if you have glasses or contacts, you know that was bad. I couldn't even count my fingers in front of me. And I'm a survivor. And um, I would Lay Sick might be more beneficial than all of the injections Weston and I got last year. Really? Yeah. I mean, you saw my forehead before the injections, right? Yeah, I did. I see it now because the injections have worn off. Yeah. And that's that's on my to-do list. Um, immediately went and got new some Botox. The second that um, doctor's office and medical spas opened, I got Botox over the weekend and I finally feel happy and I feel just joy again, you know? Mm-hmm. Something that I'd really been missing out on before. And yeah... And it's really kicked in. It's really kicked in. It, well, I feel like it's still going to come in more because like, I still have some movement, you know? Yeah. I'm ready for it to be completely gone. I, I like the frozen look. Yeah, me too. It's like better than Elsa. And for LASIK, that's not just like, that's not a cosmetic thing that you just have to spend your money on. You genuinely could be saving money for years to come because of glasses. And like it's, it benefits you. So compared to other things that insurance doesn't cover, It's not that expensive, you know? No, and I can use my HSA, so my health savings account on that. And um, it's just worth it. I mean, I the craziest part was when I got in the shower and I could see in the shower because I would always wear glasses. And so Mm -hmm. I'm used to, like, not being able to see anything in the shower. And then now I could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I highly recommend. Yeah, I, I always just wake up and can see, or so I thought, until you were able to read a billboard that was about four miles away from our apartment, <laughs> and I couldn't, and now I'm wondering, should I go to the eye doctor? I mean, I feel like you should, maybe. Just to go. Have you ever been to one? Shouldn't you be checking on your eye health? I don't know. The school nurse would put a, a chart in front of me and would ask me questions, and that was also my mom. Oh, yeah. But can you see the big E at the top? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, of course I can. I couldn't even see that before. Are you serious? The big, huh? the big E? Mm-mm, couldn't see it. Wow. Yeah. Like, and not at all. All you could see when that was just like a white light. Well, so what would have happened to you back before glasses were invented? You know what? So funny you asked. My mom was like, you know, if this was in the old days and there was no glass or contacts, you wouldn't be able to function. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Wow. But you don't yeah. live in the old days. You live exactly. in 2020 in quarantine. Where a laser <laughs> could clean off the stuff on my eye and make me able to see perfectly. It's amazing. That is so trippy. Isn't it? It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. Love to hear it. What else can lasers do, I wonder? Um, And then, do you have any updates you want to share? Because then I have a traumatic story from my past that I want to bring up. Um, I mainly just want to talk about my purple hair, but we've already talked about it. <laughs> so everyone, hey, my hair is purple and I really like it. And that's all my updates. My island on Am- Animal Crossing is doing okay. <laughs> that, that, that's my life. I haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is so exciting for you, Weston. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm deciding to bring up a traumatic story from my past. Ooh, it's my favorite thing to do. And Yeah, so I just wanted to share it with everyone because I think it'd be really beneficial. Um, trigger warning, this is about periods and tampons. Are you ready? I'm prepared. I think I've told you this, but I'm honestly not sure. Only one story comes to mind, but we shall find out if I already know this. The date is back in, I want to say, probably 2013. Um, I'm still in college. Oh, no. This isn't I the I'm thinking of. I am in Chicago with my family visiting my grandma. I start my period. 
my mom and aunt and everyone with a car is gone. They left us stranded at my grandma's house. I start a full flow. So I need a tampon. Mm-hmm. Ellen, do you have a tampon, my sister? No, I don't have one. Okay, let's search the house. Ellen searches the house, finds a tampon under my grandma's sink. And is like, here, you use this. I grab the tampon and I look at her and I go, but grandma's old, so she hasn't had a period in a really long time. Are you sure this is okay? Ellen backhanded me with her eyes and was like, of course it's okay, you fucking baboon. So then I go in Gaslighted the Gaslighted you. Made you feel crazy for ever questioning her. Yeah, and we didn't have act- we couldn't drive to get tampons, and I needed one. And so instead of just waiting, I was like, okay, like I guess I'll use this. So then I go and put the tampon in. Immediately, the string comes out which means that you can't get the tampon out because oh there's a string that you pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, I try using my fingers to get it out. The tampon's disintegrating in my fingers. I'm only getting tiny pieces out. I can't get it. My sister gets me some um, some like tweezers to try and start peeling it out. Mm-hmm. Can't get it because it's just, it's hard, you know? Right. It's really hard. So what do we have to do? We have to go to an urgent care where there's only a male doctor, there's no female doctors. And I have to sit spread eagle for about an hour as this male doctor, who was also foreign, this poor, poor man, um, used medical grade tweezers to get out every last piece of the tampon um, out of my vagina. Well, I'm proud of you for making it through that. Thank you. And he is not a poor, poor man. He is so blessed that he had the chance to have you as a patient. Yes. And he signed up for that whenever he decided he wanted to be a doctor. At an urgent care. Yeah. And um, do you bring this up to Ellen often? Um, I actually just thought about it the other week and I did text her and remind her. And she said, wow, I didn't know I had such a part to play. Yeah, you should bring it up on her birthday. After like <laughs> after she blows her candles out and everyone's like, happy birthday. Be like, Ellen, do you remember the time? <laughs> like completely blame this on her. Like this had nothing to do with me. But I mean, also like sue that tampon brand. Like what? Well, I've, I'm just happy it was a tampon. I was scared you were going to be like, it wasn't a tampon. <laughs> oh God, no, that would have been bad. Um, it was just probably sitting um, underneath the sink for about 20 years. And so that's why it would, you know. It, right, those it don't last forever. Yeah, and isn't it also really dangerous if you don't get it out? Yeah, you can die from toxic shock syndrome, TSS. Fuck. And yeah, I don't want to die, and so I had. I didn't. I, there was no other choice. So happy that you got through that. Thank you. Okay, and now that brings me to another point. In quarantine, we know that toilet paper is hard to come by. It is used used as a way of trade now. It's mm-hmm. it has more currency than the dollar. It's yeah. very hard to find as well. So I searched for three different places. I'm on my last roll and I'm on my, what do we call it? Period. Can't find yes. toilet paper anywhere. And you know what? I think women should have the first go round at toilet paper because we have vaginas that bleed. Our uterus lining is shredding and we need more toilet paper. And so um, I, I'm actually going to be done with the period talks now. Well, Toilet paper is a way to flaunt your wealth in 2020, and I had to buy Cottonelle baby wipes because yeah. there was no toilet. Well, there was toilet paper, but it was the toilet paper that was like super cheap. And there are just a couple things in this life that you cannot buy the, the off-brand. You have to buy name-brand. One of those is toilet paper. Another thing is soda. I don't want to drink Mountain Lightning. I want a Mountain Dew. I think we've talked about this before, but I can't stress it enough. There are just those things that you can't buy cheaply. I agree. Your plastic surgery. You don't want to go on the dollar menu. Preach. You don't want to go to a Groupon 
for some injections. I'm sorry. That's an absolutely not. Or a rhinoplasty. No. Oh. I'll, I'll let you have a roll of toilet paper if you want it. Okay. I, I, I'm okay right now, but thank you, though. Okay. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing. You're so welcome. <laughs> so in this episode, we're actually going to answer some listener questions. We have a few, and we hope to give you answers, but we probably will just have more questions. Yeah. So we'll, we will do our best. And this first one was sent in to us all the way from Georgia. Hey, petties. I need to know what to do for us single folks. I'm trying really hard to social distance, but I'm also really wanting some dick. Really bad. I haven't had sex since the end of February. I know you're booed up, Weston, but Bitsy's point of view is much appreciated. Help. I want to social distance and be responsible, but I also need a good dicking down. So here's the thing. One, love it. My point of view is not only the best, but the most important. And I'm so glad that you know that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, let me tell you, my I, I said I was done talking vaginas and periods, but my vagina is drier than the Sahara Desert. I mean, there has been no action down there, and it's starting to hit me. It's starting to hit home. I mean, if the coronavirus really does take over the planet and in the world, the one place we should all hide is your vagina because it won't be there. That's the truth. <laughs> and you know, with these wide birthing hips, there's some room, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's really hard. It's it, honestly, and it's just meeting someone in quarantine is and meeting up with them. You just take on the risk of knowing that they could be doing this with like a million other people. And that's what's hard. So honestly, I think what you have to do is dig back into the archives. You have to hit up a previous hookup that you have already like done that with. Even if that means, you know, you're selling your soul to the devil, that's going to be the safest way. And knowing that they're like a real person and not just on, um, on an app searching for anyone. Unless they are. You mean like have sex with someone that you've, been having sex with like yeah, a friend that you with previously benefits. had yeah Get back into the archives to like narrow down those um those connections i well, guess ju- that you would have with other people randomly. well and just if you know that they're like a semi-decent person then you like is someone that you meet on the internet in these times they could be a trump supporter they could be anyone yeah they could be these people that are protesting at the capitals we just don't know so it's like that's what's so dangerous but i mean There's something in the community that I think would really assist in this, and I cannot stress it enough. Glory holes. Okay, so one of you stands on one side, the other one stands on the other side, cut out a hole just as big as you need to for the phallus to fit through, boom, there you go. Wear a condom you guys never touch, and you're protected from each other. And the best part is, they don't even have to be cute. You should see Weston's face. He genuinely thought he just had, like, the most groundbreaking idea. Or... You're going to have to fuck someone who has a dick that's bigger than six foot, which is going to be hard to find, but I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. I mean, it's just honestly really hard and there's nothing I want more than to go on a date right now. And just, I want people Mm -hmm. to like, be like, you know, falling all over me and it just has not happened. And it's like so disappointing, but the quarantine is going to start slowly lifting. And so you could, can go on a date soon if you find someone that would want to mm-hmm. ask you on a date or you want to ask someone on a date. I think that's what it is. I think that as long as, like you said, if you get to know someone and you know that they're 
being responsible with their social distancing and you guys commit to being a part of each other's like circle of people that you've surrounded yourself with and you were both down to do that and consent. I mean, that's your choice. You know, I think it's just being responsible about it and being smart, just like you, just like it would be hanging out with any friends too. It's just, I don't know if it's the safest to go seek out someone brand new that you don't know that could be a hugest sketch ball. And so it's just, since you don't know, you have to do, I think, do, do some, stick to what you know. Right. Stick to the status quo. Yeah. And even let them know that. Say, hey, the only reason I'm hitting you up is because I'm trying to be responsible and save the nation from coronavirus. So please come over. Let's have sex. And then you can leave promptly. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking if you'd rather have them come here or you go there, but I don't think either one's going to do that much. Or I saw this on the internet. You could buy a full-blown hazmat suit and just cut the back out and do it that way. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, we're full of ideas here. Full. There, are, there are ways around the quarantine loneliness, horniness. I mean, or you could be like me with the, in Kansas City, they're just now opening restaurants and a guy finally asks you on a date and you're actually excited because you're like, oh my God, I finally get to go on a date. What? And then he just stops talking to you. So... Those are just some fun things, you know, to look forward to. So far, we might hear from him yet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if y'all can see how Bitsy's looking at me. Um, yeah. No, and I think a lot of people that we know have been going on dates, even during quarantine, because, like, whenever we would go to the park, I would always see people sitting, like, six feet apart from each other, but they, like, looked cute, and they were talking to each other, and I could tell that you could just tell it was like they weren't like good friends that met up and were social distancing. Like they were talking and getting to know each other. And so like, you know, I think that you can also do things like safely that way. And then the minute that, you know, this thing gets lifted or whatever, whenever it's the right time, then you've already built that connection with someone and you guys can go to town like rabbits. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing wrong with, um, doing a FaceTime date, doing a zoom date, seeing Mm -hmm. if like, if they're normal and going to the park and going on a walk and then being like, yep, this is it. And that's okay. But it is hard and it sucks. So I would say either hit up someone from your past or you're going to have to, you're going to have to put in some time and effort. Yeah. Patience, which is hard when other things are hard. Okay, thank you so much for the submission. We have another question. Okay, question number two from a listener in Missouri. Hey, Petties, is it weird that my friend's man always talks to me on Instagram? Like, it's nothing flirty, but he always responds to my stories to start a conversation. I don't want to be rude and not respond. However, the other day, my friend texted me and was like, hey, stop talking to my man. I assumed that he was joking, I don't know. My other friends say that it's weird that we talk. He might be bored, though, because it is during quarantine. That's what he says a lot. Am I doing something wrong, or is this just weird? It's not flirty at all, and I watch how I respond very carefully to make sure it doesn't come off flirty. What should I do? I mean, is it solely DMs that you're, like, off of your story, and is it just one-sided? Because these are questions that I need answered. And just from based off of that, that's what it sounds like that it's things on Instagram and I can totally relate to this. This was a a guy that submitted this question to us. I can totally relate to this in the gay community because a lot of times you are just responding to people because you've maybe met them once or you just follow each other on Instagram and you're like becoming friends and it's strictly friendly and polite and nice. 
but there's always that undertone of, do you have ulterior motives? And like, I, I get that. That happens to me sometimes. People respond to my DMs often that I'm not that good of friends with. And it, when it's always been polite, and so I always take it as polite and respond politely back. So I never assume anything unless it's openly flirtatious or like openly crude, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's just, if they're, if they're in a full on relationship and that's your friend and he knows that you're friends, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't assume it's, it's just, it is friendly and he's wanting to be on your good side and Mm -hmm. trying to be nice. And yeah, I mean, that's just. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand if your friend is insecure about that, that's not the only thing that they're insecure about. There's something mm-hmm. else that's sparking them to be insecure and be like, well, why is he texting him and stuff like that? Right. Yeah. So it's nothing you're doing per se. And it's n- not even something maybe the other guy is doing the one in the relationship may, but maybe he is like, there's suspicion, suspicion on cheating or flirtation. Mm-hmm. And so anything like that is going to be a trigger. Right. And you're right. He could totally be like, oh, this is the guy that I'm in a relationship with or the guy that I'm talking to. This is his friend. I'm going to respond to him on Instagram. So him and I become friends. So like, you know, because you want to if whenever you're interested in someone, you want their friends to like you. So I think that that really could be it. And like you said, the friend may be insecure, but it also goes back to the person that's doing this. And we don't know this person. And the person who submitted the question sounds like they don't really know that person that well either. So it's like, is this the type of person that does have ulterior motives or doesn't? And the truth is we just don't know until they say something or do something. But the easiest thing for you to do is Mm -hmm. just give it a double tap heart and don't make a conversation. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. You're, if you're, even if you're not doing anything wrong and it's innocent, if your friend told you to stop, you should stop. Right. Responding and, and leave it at that. And, and if you're not sure if he was joking or not, I mean, honestly, just clarify. Like, it happens all the time. Like, sometimes people sound serious when they're not and sound like they're joking when they're not. Just be like, hey, um, were you serious? And you can just make it casual. It doesn't have to, you don't have to take them to dinner and sit them down and be like, I need to talk to you about this. Just be like, hey, he still responds to me on Instagram. Were you being serious? You don't want me to respond? And then if he's like, yeah, I don't respond, then don't respond. Right. You know, I mean, and I, I get it the fear of coming off rude to that other guy. But if it ever came up, you could just be like, your man told me not to respond and then let them fight. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's just, just hard it, stop responding and know that it comes from a place of insecurity. If he's actually upset, right. Something up, something else is up. That's not the only thing. And I would be curious because it doesn't really say in the question, are they even in a relationship or are they just talking because it says my man. Right. That's true. So, Again, we have more questions. Yeah, more more questions. Okay, guys, you've made it this far to our third and final question for this episode. And it's a good one. Hey, petties. Me and my ex-boyfriend broke up two days ago. We were together for two and a half years. He is 27 and I am 22. We met whenever I was 19 and he was 24. He always wanted me to help him pay his mortgage, but I never did since we were not married and the house was not in my name. He always helped me pay my bills, even though I never asked him to. He said he gave up on us and got tired of me not helping with the mortgage, complaining and fighting for stupid stuff. I paid the light bill, cleaned the house, cooked for him, bought groceries, and bought a lot of furniture. He told me that was not enough and that love don't pay bills. 
He also said that I had a lot of growing up to do because I don't understand his point of view. I had to move out and put my stuff in a storage. I love him and this breakup has me so heartbroken that I don't feel like eating. I hope to hear from you guys on the podcast. Heart. Well, first and foremost, I wish that I could stop eating. Um, but I can't. <laughs> but I can't. I did, whenever I was heartbroken, I that's like the one one of the few times in my life where I genuinely was not eating. Yeah. Oh. It I mean that only lasted like a couple days, but still. Still. It's tough. Yeah. Um so okay. Uh, there's a few things. So it's his house, but you live with him, I'm assuming, from this. And you di- weren't paying any rent, but you were paying some bills and helping with the groceries and cleaning. And I totally understand there's give and take, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a give and take. And so you helping with, you know, the utility of the of electricity and buying groceries and cleaning. Yes, that is a that is something that you are giving. Now, you were living for free. You should have paid whatever you could as rent as you would an apartment if you were renting from someone mm-hmm. else. So in that sense, yeah, you should you should have done that. It could have been like, hey, I can't split the mortgage with you, but I can give you a hundred bucks a month. Something like mm-hmm. that. Working on something like that. Right. I think that there's not really a right or wrong in this situation as far as like you you didn't do anything wrong, right? But what could have just done been done retrospectively, I think, is that sh- probably should have been agreed upon before you all moved in together. Yes. And, may- and maybe that was the agreement that you wouldn't pay mortgage and then halfway in, he's asking you to help out. I, I just think that just as you would if it's a roommate, if you're moving in with a significant other or if you were to go live at home with your parents, even, you know, you would ask, what's the agreement? Like, do I need to pay so much a month? Um, and like, and like you said, Bitsy, it's, you would still be paying rent if you weren't living with him. So I think that it would be, I don't think it would be a big ask of him if before you moved in, he said, can you help pay this much of my mortgage? Because you are living there. And yes, his name is on the house, but it, like I said, it's just the same as renting. But stuff. is that the reason that I think that he broke up with you? I, I that that's not going to be the sole reason. That mm-hmm. might be like you know a straw that broke the camel's back. But there's probably more that went into it, and you can't see that right now because you're mm-hmm. just so hurt. And we've been there before, so totally like understand that. But girl, you are 22. You have a lot of life ahead of you, mm-hmm. and he's 27, which is my age, and. There is like, I don't, I don't want to sound like, uh, uh, condescending in any mm-hmm. way or something, but that is two different places in, in life. And that could be part of it as well. When he's 27, he's just in a place where, you know, you've been working mm-hmm. for four years, have a house, all this stuff. And at 22, you have so much more time to decide what you want to right try new things I don't know and at 27 you do too but it's just kind of a little bit different yeah I think something that I noticed in the question was that um, he said that he gave up on us and got tired of me not helping with the mortgage complaining and fighting over stupid stuff so I think you're right that yes maybe finances and who was paying for what caused a lot of the fighting and that that happens in married couples too like Finances is a huge, like huge the number one obstacle reason for divorce. 
right for people. Um, but it does sound like, at least on his side, it's more than just the mortgage. Now, here's the other thing is I had a friend that just recently went through a breakup and after that breakup, he was like, I bought the groceries every single week. Like I cooked for us every single night and it was always my money. I was buying his groceries. I bought this and I bought that. And I, and I hated that for him. Cause it's like, whenever you're doing all those things for someone, those are acts of love, right? You're showing them that you care about them and you love them because you know, it's a gift in the sense it's your money. Um, if you're preparing meals and cooking and cleaning, those are just acts of service. You're showing that person you love them. So when you break up, it's easy to look back and be like, I did this and this and this and this. What did you do for me? Um, you know, you kind of feel like they owe you something because of everything you gave. But the truth is, that's just a difference in where your heart is from being with them and not being with them. You, it's, I don't want to say you can't look back, but I would recommend not looking back and thinking about all the things necessarily you did for them. Because in that moment, I don't think it was necessarily about... I'm doing this so you can do this for me. You were doing that because you cared about them and you loved them. Um, and I told my friend this, I was like, you know, you're not going to get any of those groceries back or that money back. Like you're just, you're not, but you did that because at that time you cared about the person. Right. So I, I, I think it's very easy looking back to go tit for tat and be like, I paid for this. You paid for this. You know what I'm saying? But I think there's a lot bigger than this. And I hate, hate, hate that you're heartbroken. Cause it does sound like it sucks really, really bad. I mean, trust me, we've all been there. And, and I don't know if this is your first heartbreak or not, but if it is, you are going to be a different person and a better person because of it. And this is a huge learning experience. And this is a learning experience that you're having that some people don't have until they're in their thirties. Right. I mean, Bitsy and I have never lived with a significant other, so we haven't, (laughs) we haven't had to deal with anything like this quite yet. And here we are giving advice on it. Love it. So you're learning this at a young age and you're going to have so much wisdom and you're, you're going to be a better person for it. Um, and it will be okay. You will mm-hmm. get through this. Heartbreak is like the worst feeling mm-hmm. in the entire world. But every day, it'll get a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You'll think about it a tiny bit less until it finally subsides. Right. And and you're probably feeling too, like, I don't know, I'm just guessing, you were probably in a pretty comfortable space in the fact that you were living with him. You had a place to stay. Now, you know, your, wor- your world has been uprooted. You have to move out. You're no longer with someone who is a big constant in your life. And it's quarantine. And it's quarantine. And all your stuff is in storage. Like, it's, you're experiencing a lot of changes right it's now. It's a lot of change. It's overwhelming. It's yes. scary. Um, but you will get on your feet. You just have You just have to do it. Like, it's one of those things either survive you know survive or sink or swim yes sink or swim that's what I was trying to say (laughs) just sink or swim like and you will swim trust me because you have to yeah yeah it sucks I'm sorry I'm too give us his address we'll call the CDC yeah I'm sure he's done something we'll call 911 we'll do whatever it takes we don't care we'll do anything for our listeners yes Uh, we love you not him (laughs) right Okay, so I mean, that's all the questions for today. My time is up is since we're working from home now and we are all using like video calls and conference calls to get a hold of one another. How dare you? How dare you just start calling me via Skype instead of sending me an IM? No, I will not answer 
No, I will not IM you. I am going to train you that I will not answer your phone calls, but if you IM me, I will respond. I mean, that person sounds like a sociopath. I just, no, I don't want to, no, 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 no. I'm not going to answer your unsolicited phone call. What if you're sleeping? Absolutely not. Right. Send me an IM. But what or if watching I'm, TV. I'm in the middle of doing something and then you're just going to call me? That's not right. how this works. Or like, what if you're in the kitchen making a cocktail in the middle of doing something? Right. And they call you. I know. It's just inappropriate. And I, I will not have it and I will not stand for it. I couldn't agree more. My time is up is on a guest that we actually had on the podcast a little bit while ago. That's right. Her name is Colleen. Time is up on you, Colleen. And here's why. Several weeks ago, Lashes, who if y'all don't know Lashes, she is my uh, Russian nesting doll that we have here. We, you know, disassembled her all like nine pieces. Colleen thought it would be a fun idea to flick the tiniest part of lashes, you know, the the like littlest piece of the Russian nesting doll, flick it with her talons. Yeah, with her talons, her fingers, and the little tiny piece just goes flying in slow motion across the room and slides all the way up under the stove, never to be reached again, never to be seen again. And now lashes will always be and always feel and always look incomplete because she is because of you, Colleen. Colleen will come over and will. Until if we have to saw off part of her arm, she's gonna get that piece, Weston. Yeah, it's a tiny know blue piece. That. And I remember this now. I woke up to a text message from Weston saying, <laughs> "Colleen flicked the tidiest piece of of lashes underneath the stove. Don't let me forget." Yes, because I was so drunk and I was, I was going crazy looking for that piece, and I finally found it. And I was like, "I hope I don't forget this in the morning." And so I sent a text, <laughs> and I did not forget it. I woke up, and it's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, "Colleen flicked lashes." she will pay she will pay i've got the perfect blackmail now that i come come to think of it okay guys so that's our episode for today please rate review subscribe tell a friend tell a foe take a screenshot of you listening and share it to your instagram you know what to do psa podcast email us at hello at psapodcast.com that's right, people. And go ahead and keep sending us your questions. And next time you stop at that glory hole, just slide a little note right in between it that says, hello at psapodcast.com. Love that. Dot com, dot com, dot com, dot com. Bye-bye.